0: You are listening to the Icehouse podcast, hosting conversations with gritty Kiwi business owners and leaders and industry-leading minds. Hey everyone welcome to this week's episode of the Ice House podcast. Good to have you tuning in. This episode was recorded in Christchurch and it's with Ant Washington who's a big part of the alumni community down there. Great guy, awesome to have his time to chat about his learnings from building and growing businesses, the dynamics at play when it is a family business, uh, advice for others, what life looks like now and so much more. Anne is an owner-manager program alumni from way back. He's done recent OMX programs. I think you will gain a lot of uh, wisdom and learning from this conversation. So I hope you stick around and we'll jump into the recording now. Welcome to the podcast, Anne. Good to have you here. Thanks, Brian. Hey, first question that we like to ask is, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: we will start with personal life. Married to Sarah, Um, second time round, not second time round to Sarah, but it's the second marriage. Uh, Got three kids, Uh, Caleb's 26, he actually works in the business with us now. And Ethan is 22, he's about to go rodeo riding in Canada for four months. And then I've got a young daughter, Scout, who's nine, who keeps me on my toes. And then uh, I'm very involved in rugby in, in Christchurch. Um, coached the second 15 at Christchurch Sports High School. I've been coaching there for about 13 years and that's um, a real passion of mine. And then uh, uh, it's business, really. Business has been my life for mm-hmm. um, 20 years at the forefront of it. but 30 years of uh, been involved in different businesses and... Um, Yeah, that's my real passion.
0: Very cool, love that answer. Can you rattle off your business names for us?
1: Uh, Well, these days we've got Goom Landscapes, um, which I'm in business with my brother-in-law, Tim Goom. And then we have the Little Big Tree Company, um, a specialised nursery in Christchurch, looking after the Canterbury region. And uh, we've got Compass Pools Christchurch, um, a dealership based throughout Canterbury selling and installing swimming pools mm. and we have um, The Jewel and My Crown which is a little big trellis company which we set up last year out of a, a business I bought um, and everybody gives me a lot of jib about these days because I spend most of my time trying to sell trellis which is <laughs> a really good use of my time and we also have Best Grey, which is my old family business which we purchased from my father and um, parents. Uh, about three years ago which I'd been involved in um, all my life up to that point.
0: Where did the passion for business begin for you?
1: I think I grew up in a family business so my dad sort of um, started off life as a wool classer and then into a big trading business that um, sort of failed and he took over the horticultural side of that business and so um, probably from my mid-teens I was involved in a family business and at the forefront of that every school holidays and after school working in the business and just really enjoyed the business side of it and uh, when I'd, I'd been to uni and I'd done a, um, and then I did a travel and tourism course and I wanted to be something in the travel industry and the Gulf War stuff that went up so I ended up working for a company called Ambreed which was artificial breeding and, um, and the reason I had to do that was dad wouldn't let me come and work in the business so I had to go out and do my own thing and I did that for about 11 or 12 years and um, that was a really good experience for me because I learnt a lot about business and went through that business and started in management at a pretty young age and um, we did a um, shareholder buyer of that, but not shareholder buyer, sorry, a um, management buyer of the business mm-hmm. and that gave me a first bit of capital in my life and and then I come into the family business as the uh, general manager which was, um, we had a sphagnum moss business um, based on the west coast, we had a, a bark business based up in, Napier that then moved to the Waikato and to Matamata and then we had businesses in Chile doing sphagnum moss, business in Sri Lanka which had offshoots throughout some other countries doing uh, Cocoa Peak Koya products mm. and we built a Jfee, um business factory in Portugal doing bark products into the um, into Europe. So, I was involved in that for 10 years and, and then um, probably 11 years as the GM and CEO I um, spent a lot of time travelling the world, um, new markets, new businesses and um, it was always, um, Dad and I were really good mates but um, we had different opinions about some things at times and uh, and at one stage I um, we had a bit of a run in on a Friday afternoon and I told him to get, yep, and uh, <laughs> there was a breakdown in the relationship so yeah. I sold out of the family business and um, had a sort of six month sabbatical and and uh, Tim and I had always talked about doing something and he'd had some issues with his business partner. So in the end I brought myself a job and brought out the business partner and, um, and then Tim and I went on a journey together and uh, um, grew the landscape business significantly. Um, we brought his parents out in the nursery business and we um, then brought Camps Pools uh, Christchurch um, brought it into the fold. And then um, a few years ago dad had sold off most of his business interests um, overseas in the bark factory up in Matamata to Dalton's and and uh, he was looking to sort of exit and um, we'd made up and, and we're good friends again and um, and uh, I suggested how about we buy the Moss business so Tim and I and, and our wives, along with um, our business partners, Lyndon and Jane Strang, um, did a deal and brought the Spagnum Moss business, which was always the heart of my family business, so it was nice to keep that in the fold. So we've had that for the last three years, and um, that's sort of what I've been yeah. doing quite a bit of, but that's all operating well, and um, and uh, today, yeah, we've put a GM into the business and, and uh, I'm starting to find some spare time
0: yeah hence why i got you on this podcast yeah thanks Brian. it's an interesting one actually because you do have a mix of starting businesses from scratch but also buying businesses
1: yeah i've done a bit of that like obviously i'm second generation into both businesses um, my side of the family business and my in-laws side of the business yeah. so you know I, I always think that um they were the creators but they created out of something else as well and um, along the journey, I've um, you know built some businesses within those businesses, and um, but I've always had that backing. That it's been something I haven't ever had to start something from scratch. Like either my father or father-in-law so you know, I certainly admire them for doing that. Mm. I've just been uh, a caretaker that's grown it.
0: And you really have grown. Like that has been something that you are very good at.
1: Yeah, like, I think I've I think my disciplines and putting processes in place has been my strength in those businesses. Um, certainly like when you travel the world you see a lot of new ideas and brought that back and got pretty excited but I always thought that in my 20s it was a learning stage in my 30s I wanted to um, yeah just take over the world and Mm -hmm. and uh, I guess I wanted um, super yachts and helicopters and got into my 40s and got realistic and um, really consolidated and built those businesses and and now at the start of my 50s I'm um, sort of hoping that I might reap some of those rewards of the work that I've put in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And impacted so many people by bringing them into that business too, Uh, working with the likes of Tim and building something great together. If you could go back in time though, you know, back to that first purchase of business or having your own business, what would you tell yourself?
1: Uh, I've got to be careful what I say because I've learned a lot of lessons and, you know, I haven't always been the best at at doing things as well and you you grow and learn but you know even when you're going into business with your family Mm -hmm. I think it should be very black and white about expectations of what you're going to do Um, you know I I got pretty frustrated over the years um, with family about what they said was going to happen and then what did happen and you know five years would tick by and still hadn't happened and you know this is probably about shareholding etc in the family businesses and Mm -hmm. you know I think it's got you know my Um, learning or something I'd do you know if I had the chance to go back in time was get a very clear um, structure about how we were going to do it and what we were going to do and that the expectations of both sides was the same and um, now I've got you know second or third generation coming through Um, I'm very clear about that and I don't want to make the same mistakes that I made or you know the the first generation made either.
0: We have quite a few family businesses that are part of the network and it's such good advice to just be black and white with the detail yeah i think too many business owners <laughs> yeah, what what motivates you, and what has motivated you over the years? Um,
1: sometimes, like uh, motivation's been that you just have to do it. Like you don't have a choice. Like you know, you've got a lot of people that rely on you, and I've always felt personally responsible to um the people that we've employed, their families, and um, I take that as a real personal responsibility to make sure that we've got businesses that can look after those people and ensure that their incomes are stable. Um, and yeah I take I take that on and like sometimes it's a real weight on your shoulders um, but I really care about the people like we've employed a lot of people over the years and they've been you know um, mm. throughout New Zealand and throughout the world and you know um, I, I just that, that, that's really motivated me and obviously puts a lot of pressure on yourself sometimes but um, the motivation is to grow something be really proud of it I think all the businesses I've been involved in, they've all always been of a very high standard. The product range that we deal in, and I'm really proud of that. And I'm proud of, you know, being um, an exporter and, and selling products throughout the world. And I was proud of being a global operator as well. Yeah. Um, and these days, I'm proud of a, a you know a very high-end landscape in the backyard of a Christchurch mm-hmm. um, section and making people really enjoy their lifestyles. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, growing the team has been a big part of my journey and what I've enjoyed, growing the businesses and, um, um, you know, sometimes I know even through that COVID journey, it was like you're awake um, all night wondering whether we were gonna have these businesses, but the motivation to get out and get on Zooms and make things happen, um, you know, that responsibility as a business owner is always there and, um, you know, gets you out of bed.
0: Yeah, a lot of listeners will be able to relate to that. The sense of responsibility as a SME owner, is huge. What? How do you celebrate success along the way?
1: Oh, I love to have a party, bro. So, yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. I would lead the way, in a lot of the businesses we've had um, over the years. Um, you know, a lot of travel overseas, and travelled with my old man. And um, you know, we we certainly worked hard when we were away, but we um, played hard as well. And you know, I, I learned that from him. And you know, no matter how hard you hurt, in the next day you get up and you do your job. And um, you know, I had a pretty good upbringing in, in regard to that. So, you know, I love having a good time, and mm. I love keeping back with my mates, and I love um, spending time with friends and family, and and uh, you know, cooking is a passion of mine. So, entertaining and. You know, but I love having a beer at the pub and, and talking shop, and yeah. um, and then obviously rugby. Uh, talk a fair bit of rugby, and a um, good mate of mine, we've coached together for a long time. And, um, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, and, and Saturday, we're very much just discussing the strategy of uh, rugby and not business.
0: That's cool. That's cool to have that hobby and thing on the side.
1: Yeah, it's the one time that I can lose myself and not think about business is when I'm running around a rugby field and. Yeah even taken up playing, playing golden oldies for the last couple of years but I'm not sure about the wiseness of that decision but it's, it's good to run around with a few old blokes and tell some stories.
0: Good on you. You mentioned that essentially you're always on when it comes to thinking about business. How have you dealt with that over the years?
1: Yeah like you know it has affected you know probably um, mental health at times like you um, you you. you you know you wake up in those dark hours and you know three four o'clock in the morning and you know your demons are, are with you and um, you know it can be a pretty lonely dark space and um, you know you finally get through to the, the light of the day and it's not as bad as what you dream but um, you know it's been it's been tough and at times I've sat down with some business um, counsellors and and talk through and they've helped me with you know sometimes had to do some meditation and um, but really I think, um, you know, trying to balance that lifestyle out and I haven't always been good with that. I've probably been a workaholic at times and, and just worked and worked and at other times um, yeah, probably drank a wee bit much just to get through it as well. But, um, you know, I think um, overall I've got a family that's always been really good. Um, both sides of the family, they understand the pressures of the business. Um, got a good wife beside me that, um, you know, we, we do a lot of debriefing on the couch at night and um, you know, I, I've managed to get here anyway and um, you know, we've got a general manager, manager in the business now and you know, my days are freed up and um, you know sort of wondering what to do with some of my spare time, but yeah, I'm finding plenty of things to fill it up with.
0: Yeah, for sure. You can't go past good debrief on the couch as well. <laughs> so Tim, we have recorded a podcast with him in the past and it was really cool to hear his side of the story. Have you guys worked out practical ways in working together? Whether that's working out what your roles are within the company. Yeah,
1: I think fortunate thing for Tim and I, our strengths are completely different. Um, you know, Tim is a landscaper by heart by trade, and you know he's technically very, very, um, very good in that area. He's a designer as well. I can't even draw a stick figure in proportion, so I'd struggle to do anything that Tim does. But, you know, I guess on the business side of it, Tim's the um, you know, the the heart of the landscaping and, and the nursery as well. And um, we just balance each other really, really well. But you know, I always said to Tim before I was in business with him, I encouraged him to go on the OMP program and Um, I never got him to do it but when I brought into the business I said there's only one thing you're going to have to do for me Tim and that's the OMP programme and I know he was pretty apprehensive about that but he did it and um, well it just expanded him and and really grew him as a person and um, as a business person as well so he always was you know when we've gone through our journey together over the last 10 years he's um, been at my side and he's understood the business implications of what we do and you know it's been a pretty enjoyable ride and You know, sometimes Tim and I have had some frustrations with each other and we set up Tuesday beers and we'd go down to the pub and have a couple of beers and anything we could, you know, we could talk about frustrations we had with each other or we might be having a good time and we're just having a good time or talk about our wives and um, our frustrations with them. So anything on the table on a Tuesday beer and that really helped us through a period of time when we'd probably gone through a honeymoon period and then we went through some probably um, button heads period and it got us back on track. So you know, Tim and I are brother-in-laws, we're business partners and we're good mates as well.
0: Yeah, talking about your program experience, how did you first hear of the Ice House?
1: I think early on when I'd come into the best grade of the family business, I, something came across my desk and it was three, two, one, go global. So I signed up to go on that course and on the first morning I was like, oh God, like I'm in a room with a whole lot of computer programmers mm-hmm. that want to export their yeah. I don't even know what they're exporting but anyway and uh, I I was we were already exporting and then um, David Irving came up to me at, um, at morning tea and he said this isn't really for you is it and I said no nah, not really and he goes look how about you shoot off we'll give you money back but I've got a course that might be better for you and talked to me about the owner manager programme and, and it took a wee bit I know Raven was um, on my case for quite some time and I think they offered to pay my flights for the first course up to Auckland or it might have been all of them actually. Wow. And so I signed up and I think it was an OMP6 that I ended up on, that was be what, 17, 18 years ago yeah. Yeah. and um, yeah so I got on the OMP programme and it was life changing from a business perspective but also from a personal perspective as well, mm-hmm. you know with, with all everybody that's been on the programme they know what that means. and. Um, you know, I'd just become such an advocate of it. Um, I think I sat on the first advisory board for the Ice House as well, and um, that was uh, uh, interesting times as Andy was growing the business, and And then uh, I did the Global Executive Leadership Programme. I did the inaugural one with that, and that was a great experience. We started off in Auckland, and we did um, a stint up in China with um, Beijing and Shanghai, and we went to San Francisco as well, and I mean a lot of really good people on that mm-hmm. Global Executive course and I always remember there was a, a day we were sitting in some um, room in a in a um, San Francisco hotel and there were no windows in it and we're sitting there and mm-hmm. we're all pretty hungover and we were listening to the speaker and he was um he was the most interesting guy I'd ever heard, and I was just like, but it's not relatable to our business. And I and I sat there and I said, I've got to change my mindset, and I've got to think about how I can do what he's saying and introduce that. And at that point, I just had the switch, and we were an export business at that stage, and I was like, let's think about being a global business, and and that that really was a big mindset change um, at the time, and. And uh, instead of just exporting products out of New Zealand, that's when we started coming up with concepts of overseas facilities, which you know my dad had already invested in, and he was an early early started with some of that stuff. But you know, building JVs and and doing what we could with our technology and putting it into um, factories overseas. So mm-hmm. yeah, I always it was a big learning experience that that day, and I remember it really well, and just going like, you know, like um, just change your mindset and. Think about really hard about how this could have a implication into your business, and um, you know I've always been excited from that day, and I've done the omics um, program as well, and love to do another one of those, and we've sent different team members on the LDP, and um, yeah, so I always say to people, just you know make sure you you sit there and get the most out of it, and um, and I love you know catch up with. Um, With um, OMP guys, and got a really lot of really good tight friends. Um, We always catch up, and you know, one of the things I enjoy about um, the ice house is like, no matter who you meet, there's that instant bond of trust, Mm -hmm. and um, you can talk to other business people or whatever. But when you're talking to an ice house person that's done at OMP, there's there's a bond and a trust, and you can have a conversation and um, You know, it's very like-minded, so Mm. that's one of the things I've really enjoyed over the years.
0: What benefit? So obviously when you said to Tim, hey, let's do this together, but one thing is you need to go on the owner-manager program before I buy into your business. Why did you say that?
1: Because I guess, um, you know, Tim was very much in the operational part of the business. He was um, pretty much out on the tools, Mm. Um, and I said if we're going to Do what we discussed, which was grow this business and turn it into, you know, a a very high-end landscaping business. And I said, you need to be on the same page as me. And I just think, you know, doing the owner manager program put him on the same page as me. You know, Tim's um, certainly not a a classroom guy, but you know, he did it, and um, the growth that I saw out of him, and and that's why I say, like, you know, we were on the same page. So when I was pushing and, and doing things with the business he understood why and, yeah. and how and um, rather than you know being out in the field but you know we, we created a business model early on we created a strategic plan which we stuck to and um, you know there were a lot of changes in the business and we had our challenges at times and things weren't that rosy and but you know Tim and I always pulled together and I, I think that was the basis of him doing OMP.
0: Mm. We have people that are hesitant about going on the program, um, maybe because of the financial investment, uh, the time investment. What would you say to those people?
1: Yeah, just, you know, the the amount of goodness you get out of it is just phenomenal. Like, you know, like we've all done courses, we can't do do something for a day and Mm. you get a bit out of it and you forget about it and you you wish you'd sort of go like, oh, I should do something about that. But the OMP, it just imprints into your DNA, and you know it is, you know, we always joke it sounds like a cult, doesn't it? But, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what Damo, when I brought him along this morning, he goes like, is this some kind of cult you're bringing me along to? (laughs) And it is, but you know, that's the trust, and it's the, the, there's the essence of the ICS in you for, for once you've done the OMP. And um, I've just seen so many people change and grow out of it. And, you know, I had Deb and Chris um, as our facilitators back on OMP6 and, you know, they're lifelong friends of mine and um, I just appreciate having conversations with them and, you know, it's been a long time but I can I I saw Deb in the airport the other day and there's just an instant bond with those people and, you know, so many good people you get introduced to and, and, you know, good mate of mine, Gary Altenberg, you know, he was... Not on one of my courses, we just met through um, um, regular catch ups, and you know, we we do business together, we're good mates, and you know, those bonds that you have with those people, um, just you know, especially sometimes when you're going through a hard one, you know, and you can help them as well. And you know, Gaz and I, we went boxing years, we'd like go and box each other, and but you know, you just have this this bond, and you can just talk, and you. you know, and getting the weight of the world off your shoulders with um, a person like that is just worth gold at times yeah
0: mm, yeah because it is lonely at the top it's lonely at the top I hear that from a lot of people uh, how valuable a community is with other owners and leaders that just get it especially SME owners that you know feel that sense of responsibility to look after their people their staff um, the community at so point. yeah
1: the conversations are always the same right like you know I always say 80% business 20% industry and you know like it's the 80% you've got to work on the 20% you know mm-hmm. so um, you know just having that that, that person like you know because sometimes we can get into a pretty dark hole and you think you know everything's going against you and, and it's pretty tough and as you say it's really lonely yeah. and um, you know and sometimes you've got to bitch up and there's nobody up to bitch to. So having having business owners like Gaz and other people over the years, um, and just being able to have those conversations and, and people going like, Yeah, I get it, I get it and um, mm. you know, and then all of a sudden you don't feel so lonely and you've got it off your chest and you can go back for another day.
0: I said it in the intro because I do mean it. You are a big part of the Ice House community. And I say that because, you know, we do have people that have stayed connected throughout their time and for many years, but to stay connected to a community for 18 years, that is pretty amazing. And it means you can impact others as well. You know, you brought someone along to the alumni event today, and that could be the start of something for their business journey. Why have you stayed connected to the community and how, you know, has that been through OMX or events? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, all those different things, um, I think. Uh, a number of years ago, we set up alumni in Christchurch. So, um, Gary's part of that, Brent, um, too, and we had a few others along the way. Um, John Plato, and you know, did a lot of good things. And you know, uh, we created events and we created regular catch ups. And but you know, I, I was always pretty vocal, and sometimes got frustrated with the Aucklanders coming down and and uh, trying to run things their way and stuff it up, and we'd start it up again and. But, you know, it's nice to see that these days the alumni's um, connected and and, uh, doing a good job down here with yourself, um, setting up um, regular events. And um, I just think it's part of that journey. You can come in and out and, you know, we went and saw MK Kitchens this morning, manufacturing business, great to have a look at what they were doing. And, you know, you don't get that opportunity if you're not connected um, to to the Ice House and alumni.
0: Very, very true. And I appreciate that. I think this next question is going to be an interesting one because I think maybe you're still working it out. But what is next for you?
1: Yeah, it's definitely, you know, challenging. We've worked worked over the last three years um, to get myself into a position where I can start exiting the business and our oper- daily operational role mm-hmm. and um, part of that journey was to put a GM in place and, and Tracy's come into that role. She's, she's a, originally a Air New Zealander and um, she came in as our HR manager for a period of time but when I employed her we identified her as a potential GM and um, she, she showed us stripes early on and, and we decided to put her in probably earlier than we factored in um and you know it's been challenging it's um at times i go like what is my role in the business and where's my identity and but you know it's achieving what i wanted as well and i've got to accept that and i've got to stand back and and i think about the lessons that i've learned over the years and the frustrations i've had and you know tracy and i we've got a really good relationship Mm -hmm. um you know i'm pretty tough on her at times and um, I'd like her to do things my way and Tracy does them her way and you know and that's just I'm still learning I'm still you know it you know many years down down the road in business I'm still going and I'm going like what did I get frustrated about and what do I have to pull back at and um you know, here and I we're pretty honest and um, with each other and we've got a really good um, on our advisory boards, Finn Hooper sits there and we've got Graham Rhodes and you know they're they're really good at working around the board table um, to, you know, keep us aligned with what we're doing and and I always, you know, believe my role now is um, strategy and, and where we're going and what we want to do and, and Tracy's role was to implement and you know at one time in the business when we were growing it i was the hr manager i was the gm i was the um I was a operations manager i was a project manager and doing all these roles and you know you're just bursting and um you know we got to a size in our business where we could put people into those roles and and you know and, and now having tracy as a gm like it's allowing me to to back out but doing it is not easy either like it it is really challenging for me, and you know I'm having to remove myself from the office um, a lot just to let it do it. And you know I'm finding other, you know, other things to do. And obviously I'm investing a lot more time of my free time into rugby these days, and yeah. and trying to do a few things for myself as well, and and just have time and and to breathe. And 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 that's I think that's probably what I've learned most over the last probably 6-12 months is you actually just breathing and you don't realise that when you've been under, you know, just a, a constant pressure of, you know, growing and building and surviving at times and, you know, we, we've come out of the COVID years and we've consolidated and we've got, you know, we've got some really good businesses and mm-hmm. they're solid and, you know, and, and Tracy's doing a fantastic job and, you know, I admire her that she can work, <laughs> work with me or under me, yeah
0: wow that is very interesting and I like that you bring that up because I think a lot of people listening will be able to relate whether they have been there or um, they're going to be there one day or they're going through it now and to be real and honest with the fact that it can be challenging because the identity can be wrapped in the business that you've built yeah thank you for saying that when you say um, you know not going to the office or stepping out what business are you talking about just for clarity around that
1: Still, um, I'm the MD over all the businesses Um, so you know, some businesses take up more time than others like the Best Grow business, Um, I'm responsible for sales and um, marketing but really don't have to really do a lot on that, that Mm -hmm. business is very self sufficient, I'm responsible for the foreign exchange which is a big part of the business, an important part Um, and so obviously first part of my day is always looking at FX reports and seeing where where the dollar is but um, and then in the Goom landscape business really just overseeing it and like I I like to think I'm trying to work and coach Tracy and she's the one that has to do the daily grind Um, but I'm trying to sit back and go like where do we want this business to you know go and what does it look like and I'm just taking that time at the moment to really think about where the businesses are at but I still get involved, and you know we don't always do things right. We have problems, and you know I'm the one that goes and says to our customers, "Customers, I'm I'm sorry that you know we haven't delivered what you want." And um, but we'll always get there. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of strategic things in the business that you know we sit at advisory level and um, and um, try to think. What does, it, what does this look like in the future? And we've just gone through an interesting exercise, which I can't talk too much about. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just seeing where the business will grow. And obviously my eldest son is in, in the business now. And... Um, he always wanted to be in agriculture but he's um now the operations manager and he's about to do the LDP program as well and you know i'm looking at what what the future will look like what will you know maybe the divestment from a shareholding point of view or yeah. how do we pass to the next generation and and all those questions not necessarily ready for that but just putting the early phases in so mm-hmm. it's not up like I've been through before
0: Ah, uh, yes setting the next generation up for a win yeah
1: oh. absolutely I
0: love that thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and I really do mean that it's uh, hearing your perspective on things that I hear on the daily it's very very relatable so thank you for your time Ant and I am excited to see where things head for you personally and where the businesses head and grow to next as well it's going to be great
1: thanks Brian <laughs>